pre-party. Yes, but we, we know you and I both know the joys of children, you know, and uh, and all of the and all of the joys and all the joys. Mate, they are fun. Uh, Evie's got a little archback going on now. An archback. Oh yes, when she when she has a tantrum, yeah. Yeah, it is. So she uh, just kind of like in you know, her arches, and you know, like you, you think that she's. It looks like she's in excruciating agony. Well, it's like she's Willem Dafoe out of Platoon, or <laughs> whenever, <laughs> whenever something happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, classic. It's hilarious, but you've got to keep it. You've got to be like, oh, what's wrong, darling? You can't be like, ah, <laughs> you're funny, baby. <laughs> She'll be like. Ah. <laughs> Party. Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History, the show that takes a look at human history eh, a little differently. I'm an ancient history major and an all-round nerd for all things history. I love telling stories, talking shit and cracking beers. So won't you join me as I present some of the well-known and eh, not so well-known stories of our history. Sometimes I have a guest coming in cold and sometimes it's just you and me. This first season, The Mythology Apology, we'll be looking at some of the stories that we have been telling each other for thousands of years. A look at the mythology and folklore from many of our cultures. Stories that seek to explain everything from the world around us, warnings against messing with the higher powers, or sometimes just for the sheer entertainment. So settle in, drink them if you got them, get ready to laugh, and hopefully learn something new about the glorious mess that is our history. With a little shit talking and silly sound effects as well. Who immediately made her their queen. As a cow. No, as a human. Unfortunately, he trips on a tangled root and kind of knocks himself out. (laughs) So he's a horse mechanic and he's a son of a god. He's a horse mechanic. I didn't need a freaking story about making pies, man. I know how to make a bloody pie. I'm Koshy the Deathless. Give me the fucking ball, and I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to give Gilgamesh a piece of my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Plexiplus. Homeless Gandalf without a beard. I'm not going to help you at this point, but what you should do is you should leave your silver snuff box with us for us to remember you by. <laughs> silver snuff box. And she, uh, she starts cursing Gilgamesh, being like, Fuck you, Gilgamesh, you piece of shit. So here heads back to Mycenae with Cassandra the concubine. <laughs> Is that what she's known as? You had one job to do, mate. One <laughs> fucking job. Don't look in the closet. I'm glad I got your attention. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the party. Uh, we are at uh, a little history podcast we have a fresh, brand new episode for you today, and uh, returning guest, the uh, by popular demand, uh, one of my best mates, uh, Nicholas. How you going, Nick? Yes, hello, 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 hello. I'm, I'm doing well. How are you, sir? Mate, very well, actually. Very well. Apart from being incredibly hungover. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Life is all G. Life is all G. I caught up with a good mate of ours uh, last night, who is the first person I've actually seen from across the border of Queensland, uh, realistically. Uh, he, he beat me. Yes, indeed. Beat me. For over a year. Over a year due to the uh, the, the, the the weird COVID restrictions and, and all that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I did catch up with Daniel, my youngest brother, and uh, guest on the Caledonian Boar episode. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so so it was a nice little nice little opportunity to, to catch up with 
catch up with him and have a few beers and watch uh, watch the mighty Hawthorne Hawks have a one point win. Probably the only win they'll get this season. So um, why is that? Are they are they a bit subpar these days? Uh, we're not gonna have. It's gonna be a long season. The longest season. Oh well, such uh, it's a test of a true fan, isn't it? You know, you've got to you have to uh, be there in the dark times, just like the Australian cricket team. Oh, they are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's some dark right there, mate. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad you are. Uh, I'm glad you listened to the uh, the Caledonian boar hunt, Nicholas, at my request. Just as a bit of a backstory, I guess, or a bit of a background information, because this week yeah. we are going to be discussing uh, the story of Jason and the Argonauts. Ah, I know. You know, I know. I know he was. You mentioned him in in the boar hunt episode, and uh, and. Uh, you know, look, I must, uh, don't test me on it because, um, do you, you remember like year 12 exams and the likes? How, uh, no, I, you... I slept through them. Yeah, right. well, like... I, I, I really tuned out. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, I mean, like, I'm not going to say I tuned out of the, your episode because it's it good, but I, um, the thing is, though, because I had the kids and whatnot, I dare say if you went, if I went into like a year 12 exam right now with, you know, and the question was, Episode six, the Bo- Canadian boar hunt. Yep, I dare say it would come out as about a thirty percent correct. Well, that'll be a solid thirty percent then. Thirty percent. That'd be good times. No, no, I, yeah, it's it's more so you don't need to know know so much about the story of that. It's more so mm. some of the characters and and events and all that in the background. <clears throat> I did okay. find that there was a, like Ares. There you go. There's there's the one of my thirty percent right there. God of War. God of War shows up. No, yeah, he, he he clutched a spear, I believe. Is that right? Um, and that was Apollo that guided a spear, uh, and, he, and he grabbed and it out of the air. Artemis was like, "Nah, I don't think so, mate. This oh. is my ball." Um, oh, and damn, deflected right. it. Oh, there's there's one of the seventy percent then. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> hey, but you're on the you're on the god part, so that's fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's and, good. Uh, there was good mention of uh, who else was in there. So, yeah, Artemis. Yeah, I remember that fella. Um, Lady. there was Mala. No, Lady. it wasn't a god. Mala. Who's the guy? Malagadai. Malingi. <laughs> Maling. Malingi. Is that his name? Come on. Give me something, man. Meliaga. I'm going for C. Meliaga. C. It's C. Meliaga. Thank you. Yes, Meliaga. And there was the other oh, fates, right? The fates are, are about. Yep. They're yeah, about. Right there, the fates and the furies. Oh, we're the furies and the fates. Oh, we're gonna get you. The fate log. There we go. The fate log. Hey, there you go, mate. You're all over. Oh, mate. Thirty percent. There we go. Brilliant. P's get degrees, mate. <laughs> it was thirty percent passing. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, uh, in, this, in this course, mate. it is. This course. Oh, it is. brilliant! It all comes together as you as you as you ramble. Like, well, it's, bit, it's all about interpretation. History. Yeah, exactly. History is all about interpretation, mate. And exactly. you know, like you get two historians in the same in the same same area, and uh, same era of time, I dare say, and. I'm sure they'd come up with totally different stories about, you know, who this Jason and the astronauts were. <laughs> the astronauts. <laughs> hey everyone, Pat from the future here. Just a heads up uh, that myself and Nick will go off on a little bit of a tangent on uh, origin stories, fighting bears and the UFC. If you want to skip all that and get straight to the story, then fast forward to about the 14 and a half minute mark. It is funny uh, that you mention uh, interpretations, uh, different historians and all that. Because with this story, I've taken uh, a, a, a number of different accounts from different uh, authors over the centuries. So mm. you, you've got Apollonius of Rhodes, who's my, he's the main body of work he wrote. It's called the Argonautica. 
and he wrote it in the classic epic style. So he was writing in the third century BC. So a while after, <clears throat> like uh, Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey, he but he wrote it in that uh, that epic style, epic poem style. He was like, I want to write a poem, uh, an epic poem in the same vein as the Iliad and the Odyssey. And fun yeah. fun fact, he was actually the head librarian of the uh, the f- very very famous library at Alexandria in uh, modern modern day Egypt. That's pretty cool. Libraries, they are fun. I just um, was thinking that there's another, there's another like massive epic poem from from Roman times. Um, what was his name? Vinny, uh, who wrote it? It was Virgil. He wrote it. It was called the Aeneid. Oh, okay, so that's one. Yeah, you think that's one? Oh, um, that's a story about um, uh, Aeneas, who was like a uh, a son of Troy, of that that city, and right. he escaped the Trojan, uh, the, the destruction of Troy with some, mm. with some survivors. And he journeys around the Mediterranean and lands in Italy. And, uh, in, in this account is one is the guy who finds the founds the city of Rome oh. or, you know, uh, sets up ties, sets up stuff there for Romulus and Remus, the, uh, the famous twin brothers who suckled on a wolfling's boob, uh, when they were by themselves. Um, ah yes, I've heard that tale. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and they end up finding found in the city. So it's like, yeah, it's 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 like an origin story for Rome. It's the beginning of Rome. My word, they really do, they do inflate these stories a lot, don't they? Like you know, like, like Romulus and Remus, they like, brought up on by wolves. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a, I mean, you know, like I don't know, maybe it's possible. Well, it's a fantastic yeah. origin story. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what you want. Right. You got to you got to excite the masses. What's exciting? Breastfeeding a wolf. Like yeah, certainly right, mate. I uh, you know, like I, I I want my leaders to be you know to be breastfed by wolves, you know, and then and, and to battle bears, <laughs> that uh, and that way you just know that when they get into war, that, that well, who's going to do anything to him? You know, this guy was you know sucked from the teeth of a wolf and was as, and was beating up bears by the time he was ten. Exactly, he's like, oh mate, uh, do you think we should make this course of, course of action in the war? He's like, mate, I have suckled on the wolf's teat. And he's like, we should definitely uh, ambush them here. This guy knows what's going on. <laughs> he's got it down. It's, it's a bit like, uh, like Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov, you know, the uh, the Russian lightweight UFC champion. Have you heard of him? No, I haven't. I actually don't know much oh, about mate. UFC. Oh. Like he, yeah, he wrestles bears. You know, really? when 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 it was, <laughs> when he was brought up wrestling bears. Quite, he's a, he's a remarkable individual. He's he's un, he's undefeated, and he's like he's basically. Just turn the entire UFC upside down. There's quite like I mean look, that's not, that's a story for another time. But yeah. Well, imagine probably. imagine if you were, you were the bear that beat him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like I wrestle bears undefeated in the UFC. He's like I could take him. I have. Mate, what taken about him. the bear? Which what about the first bear that got beaten by him? Like <laughs> it goes back to his like bear caves. Like what are you doing? Why why is that why is that kid still there? I I, I couldn't do it. I, yeah. I couldn't beat him. Why have you not? Why have you not treated him like the Revenant? Like why have you not, like Leo Leo DiCaprio his ass? Like, <laughs> he's like he's too he's strong. That kid's got a good grip. I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm a bear and I don't know what happened. Everyone's like, oh well, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, Jeffrey. You know, Jeffrey the bear. Oh, uh, Jeffrey the bear. You like you messed up this one, but that's all right. Uh, uh, me, uh, my name's uh, Samson. Uh, I'm gonna go and fight him now because you know, just try to bring some bear respect back. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> looks looks back at his at his at his. Uh, what are they, What's a what's a gathering of of bears called? A pack? Uh, I, I actually don't know. 
Yeah, we'll, it's back. We'll, we'll say a pack. There's, there's some sort of, you know, like uh, obviously uh, collective noun for, you know, for a group of bears. A group of bears is called a sleuth or sloth. You know, looks back, you know, gives him like a bit of a salute. Like, oh, I got this, lads. Don't worry about freaking old Jeffrey over there. Bloody <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Look at that fella. He's 10 years old. And he looks at Jeffrey and he's like, pathetic. <laughs> he comes, he comes back, comes back with later. a black eye. He's like, oh, <laughs> that guy's got a good grip. Shit. That's it. <laughs> Jeffrey's like, I told you. I told you. Oh, yeah. But mate, no, quite true, eh? Like, well, look, that's that's the story. Look, that's, this is how legends start, isn't it? This is, you know, like allegedly, um, and apparently there's footage of could be wrestling bears at a very young age. Shit, you know? Yeah, I think they were bear cubs, but nonetheless, um, <laughs> you're beating not, up you bear know. babies. <laughs> you're all, well, you, you know, you got to start somewhere. If it was a baby, that's fine, evenly <laughs> matched. Oh, look, son! Remember <laughs> that big brown bear there that's bearing down on us? No pun intended. Although maybe there is. Hey. Oh well, now's your chance. Oh, you really, Dad? It looks pretty angry. Yeah, you'll be right. Go on, son. Just give it one of those. Just get in the headlock like a shoja. But he'd be like, oh, "But yeah. father, I do not want to hurt the bear." He's like, "Hurt the bear. <laughs> hurt the bear." <laughs> that's a lovely Dagestan accent, there, sir. I don't know what that was. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, well, Khabib is from Dagestan, you know. Ah, oh, sweet. Why? Well, yeah, it was, it, I got the dialect right. I got everything. And the inflections. Yes, oh, spot on. All, all yeah, over all it. of it. And back to the story. Ah, so uh, on top of, or in addition to uh, Apollonius of Rhodes, I'm going to be going from uh, source, such sources as Pindar, uh, Diodorus Siculus, who are both writing um, in the uh, in the BC, so Pindar's in the fifth and fourth century BC, and yeah. uh, Diodorus Siculus in the first century BC. But I'm also going to go from a a, a work by uh, an author, uh, Apollodorus, who is thought mm. to be Apollodorus of Athens, but now there's a bit of uh, you know conjecture of whether or not that is the actual Apollodorus of Athens. So mm-hmm. um, he's. It, the work's been uh, attributed to uh, like pseudo Apollodorus, so like they're not quite sure. They don't believe it was Apollodorus of Athens, uh, so they call it pseudo Apollodorus. But for the purposes of this story, when quoting, I'm going to say Apollodorus because you know just to just to make it streamline it, I guess. And uh, yeah. so obviously the massive time gaps in the accounts, uh, mm. you know, make for some differences. Um, in the, in the story, the narratives, even the characters, but I've worked it out to get uh, what I think is uh, probably mm. the best, the best, the best account. The best, the but best. But yes, as, as always, uh, please hit us up in the comments or via the Gmail, littlehistorypodcast at gmail uh, dot com, uh, or DM us on on, on Instagram. Send a message. Find us on the same title, a little history podcast, and let us know the details that you, that you like. And also an early reminder, guys, to uh, hit that like button for the episode and follow a little history podcast wherever you wherever you're hearing us now. Give us a like, and leave re- a review, um, and it makes me happy, chappy. So I like to be happy. Now, uh, let's begin the story. All right, give it to me. Done. So our story begins with a fellow by the name of Peleus. Peleus. And he is the king of a region or a city called Eolcus. Eolcus. Now, Eolcus is a region in, uh, it's located in the region of Thessaly, which is like the northeastern coast of mainland Greece. 
Mm. Yeah, if you think of Thessaly, uh, I remember Thessaly from uh, my studies of Alexander the Great and his father before him, uh, Philip yeah. II of Macedon. Thessaly is a very famous, uh, they're very famous for their cavalry. Horses are good in Thessaly. Cavalry are okay. Yeah, so uh, as well as being king, Peleus is also the son of the god Poseidon. Mm. So we've got a son of a god. Son of a god. Poseidon, who was a uh, yeah, god of uh Well, he's, he's, typically, he's, he's fam- famously identified as being, you know, the god of the ocean, or, you know, ah, yes. the, the main god of the ocean, but also... No, I meant sea, like, looking. I can see well. I'm the god of clear vision. <laughs> yes, go on. Everyone's like, fuck, Poseidon. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's been looking nicely, hasn't he? Look at him go. Yeah. Oh, look at him. I'm looking at him. Don't worry about that. As well, if you remember from earlier episodes, guys, the uh, Poseidon is also attributed as being the god of horses. So mm. tie that in with Thessaly being, you know, they're pretty chuffed with their cavalry, so they're pretty happy with Poseidon. And uh, Peleus being the son of Poseidon, he feels pretty good about things. But, you know, being son of a god doesn't make Peleus feel super secure in his position as king of Iolcus. Bit insecure, is he? Well, yeah, because he's usurped the throne <laughs> from his brother Aeson. So, um, right. And as well as that, he decides to get rid of most of his family, like his close and extended family, either by exiling, imprisoning, or just straight up killing them. <laughs> He's like, I need to make sure I can be king. Uh, you guys are out of here. Mm. Uh, Aeson, who's his brother and the, you know, the 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 rightful the rightful king, uh, yeah. who was about to come into his throne before um, before Peleus uh, usurped it. Yes, he's been imprisoned by his brother. Now, getting rid of most of your royal family to consolidate uh, your power might get uh, someone like you know Niccolo Machiavelli pretty excitable. He loves uh, political. Yeah. Necessities like that. Now sometimes they're necessary. But uh, Peleus's antics, he's ruffled the feathers of a lot of the eternal gods who live high atop the Mount of Olympus. Because uh, mm. they're like, mate, uh, that's not very good. And everyone, uh, you know, a- a- except for Poseidon, uh, you know, he's like, mate, uh, that's not that bad, right, guys? Like, he's my kid. He's not that bad. And everyone's like, mate, that's pretty shit what he's done. Like, <laughs> you don't... You don't kill your your whole family and be king and expect us, the Olympians. Well, apparently you do over there. You know, back then what? it's just the done thing, isn't it? You just go, you know, it's like a new coup is required, a new new military, uh, sorry, a new order is required. So you better just get rid of that fella. Who is he? He's your brother. I don't care. Now sometimes they're necessary. Blood means nothing to me. I I want power. Exactly. It's, it's damaging, but- sir. But it's damning for the gods. The gods are like, mate, that's no good at all. Uh, except for mm. Poseidon, who's like, mate, that's my kid, so I, I don't mind at all. But also, uh, who doesn't really like that a lot is Hera, the wife of Zeus. Ah. Yep, one of the main gods. Uh, but she was especially cranky at Peleus because he paid homage, as in he sacrificed to all the gods but her. Oi, where's my offerings? So... I feel like she's just like, you know, she didn't get uh, her little sacrifice. So she's like, that's it. I don't like him. So I think it's more so the fact she didn't get a little sacrifice than uh, than him killing his family. But you remember in uh, in the Caledonian boar hunt, uh, when the goddess Artemis wasn't sacrificed to by the king mm. of Caledon. And she was like, mm. fuck off, you're getting a boar now. It's, so uh, like, it's that thing. So Hera, she's not happy at all with uh, Peleus. And so thus his fate is sealed. 
and it was now prophesized that Peleus was doomed to die. And you'd be like, well, you know, we're all mortals, so like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's gonna die anyway. But she she decides to like, you know, help put a bit of a, a twist or swing on things. She's like, that's it. He's really gonna get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no dying in your sleep for you, mate. Um, but yeah. So now, not not blind to his own actions, though, uh, in terms of imprisoning, exiling, or killing uh, his family member, uh, Peleus decides to go and see the Oracle. Uh, to find out, you know, what's going on. You do something terrible like that, you're like, ah, oh, maybe I should see what's uh, what's coming up ahead. Uh, I love this. It's like, it's, it's like it's like sort of episodes like of Game of Thrones. You, know? you, get, you get all these characters, these, these people that come back. You're so familiar with them, you know? The Oracle, you know? That's it's the like, world. The Oracle again. And you get all excited. Oh, I get to see the Oracle. I get to see. He's going he's gonna to tell me all about this new, you know, like new things, you know? And it's going to be like add to this wonderful story we've created in this, in this mythos sort of time. And, you know, it's just, you just kind of, it's, it's like this even bigger story just keeps opening up, you know, because the characters just get more and more interesting because you have, you, you're discovering more about them every time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. Exactly. Peleus, as well as being obviously uh, filled with awe and wonder at seeing uh, the Oracle, uh, she, she, she says, Peleus, uh, you're right to be on, on your guard, mate, because uh, your fate has already been decided. Because your downfall will be brought about by a man with one sandal. <laughs> That's very specific. Very specific. I thought you had me on there for a second. <laughs> No, you're going to be like, way to go, Oracle. <laughs> that prophecy right, again. Keep your eyes peeled, will you? Keep your eyes peeled. Uh, it's like the wineskin the wineskin prophecy from the Theseus episode. Just like, mate, they're very vague uh, with what I dare, wait, I, dare, I dare say, like some some poor, like, you know, like homeless person is going gonna, is gonna to get a shafting because, you know, she like, like, ah, wait, there's that person with that one sandal, mate. You, you, and just you know, and, and just smite him in some sort of horrible fashion. And this poor fellow who couldn't get like couldn't get a leg up in life is now just being sort of killed by a god. <laughs> oh no, no, no! It's 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 not so much by a god, but uh, she's warned the oracles warned Peleus that his downfall is going to be brought about by someone with one sandal. So, okay. uh, understandably, Peleus, Peleus is being a son of a god. Right? Yes, he's a uh, yeah son of, but a not son. a god him, but not a god himself. No, no. Because it's kind of like Hercules, I guess. Hercules isn't a god. Essentially, isn't yeah. But he's, he's like a demigod in terms of being the son of a god. But he's just a king. Okay, he's just a king who usurped his throne, uh, his brother's throne. So he's not a not a good, nice dude. But sounds like an ass face. A little bit, a little bit. He's a bit of a dick. A bit of a dick. But understandably, uh, Peleus is a little bit freaked out about what he hears, and he decides mm-hmm. to head back to Iolcus just to, to guard his throne. Now switch back to uh, Peleus's brother, Aeson who is currently in prison. Aeson in prison. Now, Aeson is married to the lovely Polymede. Polymede. Who, I say Polymede. It's a very lovely name, but it's one of her many names because her name changes a lot in different accounts. Um, And there's there's a lot of common names for her, but, you know. (laughs) I've got lots of names. And Polymede is one of the the more common names, so we're just going to use that. What does she do? She's married to Aeson. Okay, right, yep. Yeah, that's it. So un- unknown to Peleus, who's probably mm. at the Oracle or whatever, before Aeson is put in the slammer, he and Polymede have p- fallen pregnant. Mm. And Polymede, rightfully so, her, her husband's been uh, chucked in prison, usurped, his throne is out. She's fearing for the baby's safety, and she decides to flee the city in secret and head into the hills. So Polymede is pregnant with, uh, with um, what's his name again? Aeson. Aeson's okay. Aeson, who is the brother of um, 
the the rightful king of Iolcus is is right, is okay, Aeson, yep. and yep, he yep. and his wife Polymede are pregnant. No relation to any gods or anything like that. No, no. Oh, there is there is um there is talk about like uh god parentage a few generations back. So there's like okay, there's there's right. there's god blood god blood. <laughs> there's the all blood right. the blood of the gods uh yep. further back. But we can get we'll get into that a little bit later on. But there is there all is right. there is the blood of the gods in the family. But okay, n- right. there's no like oh is Zeus born to me um now I'm pregnant with his son. It's it's I nothing see, right. nothing that uh that close or that immediate. Maybe but, this is maybe this is how people how you know life de evolved, you know, and then down in the back end, you know, maybe we de-evolve, you know, we start out as gods, you know, went down a few, you know, a few generations, then all of a sudden the back end, you're a cow. Oh. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it only takes a couple of generations, kids. And then That's right. <laughs> that's the drop. That's right. But, so, uh, Polly Meady, she's, she's, she's a little bit, uh, a little bit worried about, uh, her just, son. Just to, oh. just to clarify, Polly Meady is not a cow. Not a cow. Polly Meady, the not cow. <laughs> Uh, she's a little bit worried about uh, about the the safety of her baby, her unborn baby. Uh, so she oh, flees. Naturally. But uh, Peleus, mm. he's he's not con- too concerned about her because you know she's pregnant and uh, she's a woman and she has two sandals on at the time. So he's like, no worries uh, about the prophecy, Polymede. Off your trot. Uh, uh, you'll you've be got right. two sandals. You're safe. Exactly. Apart from that fella down there. Look, see that guy begging. He's gonna get it. <laughs> One sandaled Larry. Who he's gonna get it. <laughs> One sandaled Larry. Get him here now. All right. Let's throw him in the clink. I've had my crosshairs on that prick for a long time. <laughs> I just needed an excuse. <laughs> Come here, Larry. <laughs> and off he went. Another, another, another homeless person. Another, <laughs> another person. Another, another outcast of life thrown in the gutter. I feel like the streets of Iolcus uh, are going to be very probably the cleanest they've ever been. <laughs> I guess we're quite right. He's <laughs> going to, he's going to clean up a lot of a, uh, a lot of that that. That, uh, that problem not not to look and it's not to disparage you know people in those situations there's a lot of sickness and a lot of mental illness and a lot of people who are homeless but back then I guess, dare say they wouldn't have been given the time of day and they would have been just seen as some sort of uh, maybe like plague or like scourge on, on society and so oh, yeah, uh, they, they would have been they would have been viewed as a uh, a non uh, non-contributor I guess yeah a non-contributor exactly right and uh, and so look and you know but hey you've got uh, you've got well you've got Larry the one the one sandaled Larry and then you've <laughs> one got sandaled Larry yeah. yep and then you got uh, Stephen who's got two sandals sitting there going mate I'm bloody perfect right here mate uh, I'll do nothing uh, but you know uh, you know so Polymede she's uh, she's gone and Peleus he might have saved himself a bit of grief if he kept Polymede around because it turns out that the child she gives birth to is a boy. A boy. A cowboy? A cowboy. <laughs> a boy boy. <laughs> uh, it's in bovine, sorry, but sorry. a boy vine. Uh, uh. Now the boy which is born, his name is Jason. Jason. Ah, wait. Jason the arithmetic. <laughs> it doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> uh, just saying words again, Nickley. Just saying yeah, words. Um, yeah, just saying words. Yeah. Classic, Nick. Tax collector. You're like what? Like, <laughs> a tax uh, collector. But when it comes to Polymede, uh or you know, wh- whichever name she is, uh, she's the, another account has her staying 
at the castle, at the palace of Iolcus, and pretending that yep. the baby did not survive. So she's stillborn or miscarriage or something like that. And she gets her handmaidens to sneak the baby out of Iolcus so that uh, Peleus can't get at him. So whichever way you slice it, um, uh, Jason is no longer um, in Iolcus and Peleus does not know that he's... Uh, like he First of all, that he lives. And second of all, that he is the son of Aeson and a potential oh. threat to his throne, you know? Okay, right, you're right. Yeah. So well, now Jason... Obviously not. He's a, he's a cow. He can't do much anyways. <laughs> I, d- I don't understand why we're talking about Jason being a cow. <laughs> I know, God blood, but <laughs> what a weird term. What a weird term. Uh, but now Jason is uh, not a cow. Uh, he's a pretty good kid, uh, really? though. Pretty good kid. Uh, and Polymedes uh, sends him... Polymedes, sorry. Sends him uh, to see the wise centaur... Chiron, Chiron, who lives at Mount Pelion, uh, and he's pretty—he's a pretty wise dude, and he ends up uh, yeah. tutoring. Uh, Lived a hard Jason. life, has he? He has. He's—he's he's hoofed about. Well, he's—he's he's yeah. a centaur, so like, but oh, the f- it's inherently pretty hard, you know. I guess. Yeah. Living, you know, because you're, you're thinking out. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you're in the forest. You're like, I'm a human, but I'm—I've got half a half a horse on me, so I can't really go into a, into a house, and yet I just you get really cold all the time. Well, he, li- he lives in a, he lives in a cave, but he's he's oh, okay. pretty oh, well tutored and all that. So I reckon he's probably like it's it's a pretty decked out cave. Like he's got he's got his he's got his um his household stuff. He's got bookshelves and and scrolls, and he's got his he's got his kitchen. I think it's it's mm. he's he's not a feral. He's living in a cave because how does he like, cook? He's got hooves. Yeah, he's still got he's still got hands though. It's oh, do centaurs have hands? I thought they just yeah. Oh, a, cent- yeah right. a centaur is like a human torso. <laughs> With that's like right, a horse, right. horse, bod- horse body and leg. <laughs> I'd love to see a drawing of a centaur with no arms. Mate, I'm so wise. <laughs> I don't have opposable thumbs though. What is this? <laughs> uh, but the good thing, oh, the, the funny, the weird thing about Chiron, or Chiron is actually the half brother to Zeus and his siblings. So he's uh, he's a pretty old dude. He's one of the like the the earlier <clears throat> earlier people. So, but more importantly, he's super wise and he's a knowledgeable dude. And he's tutored like some of the best heroes. So he's tutored like Heracles. Uh, he's tutored Achilles. Like he's people like that. Like people, if mm. a lot of the famous people go to see Chiron because he's like legit. And here's a little fun fact for you. Uh, mm. When you think about a centaur, you think about like, the, as I said, the upper body of a human and the lower body yeah. of the horse. But <laughs> some versions of Chiron <laughs> have him... <laughs> Because he's, because he's like a top tier centaur. He's like, you know, like the bluest of the blood centaurs. His front legs are actually human. So and the back end is horse. So for those of you guys listening at home, just picture like the fr- two front legs of a horse are, yeah. are human legs. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then you got like... The rest of the horse. It's got attached on the the lower torso of a horse. Yeah. So, not super practical for for moving and all that. You'd probably rather have horse front legs. Absolutely not. But, like, he's basically a human just with a little bit of an extra carriage. It's like, I needed, all I needed was a bum. All I needed was a bum, and I got this. (laughs) I just got this this back end. It's ridiculous. I don't understand. I don't get a bum. I got a horse hindquarters. What's going on? <laughs> my feet as a human don't move in, you know, in 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 concert with my back with my back hooves. It's I'm all over the place. Chiron's like anyway. one or the other, guys. One or the other. Like 
Either give me give me not the horse bits, <laughs> or give me the horse bits, but make it work for me. But you know, uh, whichever way it is, uh, you know, people thought it was great, uh, and so they're pretty happy with Chiron being <laughs> being Chiron, <laughs> being like that. So anyway, uh, years go by, and Jason grows from being a pretty good kid to being an pretty like an all round dude. Hello, uh, Diodorus. Good all rounder, eh? Yeah, he wrote of Jason as being quote excelling as he did above those of his years in strength of body and nobility of spirit end quote so he's like you know your typical hero he's like i'm better than everybody but i'm pretty good about it as well mm-hmm. yep so he's got all the makings of the hero he's he's wise and virtuous strong and hearty uh now the thing that makes jason a little different from your traditional greek hero uh like what we what, what we touched on earlier about you know uh parentage and all that is that he's both both his parents are mortal as in Aeson and, po- and Polymede, but it's it's said that he's got, on both sides of his family, the blood of the gods in there. Blood of the gods. Yep. Hermes, uh, as in the messenger of the gods, stemming on his father's uh, side. Yeah. And, um, yep. oh, sorry, on his grandfather's side. And then his father, uh, you know, was a descendant of Prometheus, one of the, uh, one of the, the earliest, uh, earliest gods. Aye, aye. And or also, I think um, they found some aliens there. He's a face hugger. That's it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Jason is having a great time chilling at Mount Pelion and the countryside around it when he hears word of an event happening in the city of Iolcus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the usurper king, Peleus... is killing all the homeless. <laughs> I, I reckon uh, Peleus is heading down to like the local baths and does like all his enemies. He's like, I've never liked you, mate. Hold on to this sandal for a tick. He's like, why, why, would I hold on to, why would I hold on to one sandal, mate? Exactly right. Yes, this is Wait. absurd. Why would I hold him to one side? Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you've done. He's got invited everyone to come to the city for, this, for the great homeless killing. Yeah, it's quite an event. <laughs> Not even that, but just Pelias' enemies. It's like, that's it, mate. You're going to get it too. Is, uh, right. is, is that what you want about Pelias? He's making this prophecy work for him. So, Je- so, so, Jason, so Jason gets wind of this, the, you know, the, the great sandal swapping and, and whatnot and decides to... To head there, yeah, and then what he does? He, he, he doesn't hear about <laughs> sandals from the middle. He hears that the usurper king Peleus is holding a series of games and sacrifices to honor the god Poseidon. Because, you know, why not? Like, Poseidon, uh, you know, being among other things, the god of horses in Thessaly. So you know, it's a good idea to have have Poseidon on your good side if you're a you're a place that you love your horses and all that, and keep the gods right. I'll tell you what, who, yeah. who's not getting sacrifices, though? Still Hera. She's not getting sacrifices, too. So she's like, this is bullshit. Uh, poor Hera. I haven't forgotten just... about your prophecy there, Peleus. You're going <laughs> to get it. Just forever, forever forgotten. One of the main gods. She's biding her time. But that's all right. And uh, so Jason hears about this uh, this series of games and sacrifices. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big occasion, and Jason's like, "Mate, it's high time that I went and uh, <clears throat> went back to Iolcus and put Peleus in his place." Yes, took his birthright. And so, this event in Iolcus would be a great way to publicly announce yourself to Peleus. So, lots mm-hmm. of people, you know, there's lots of people there to witness it. Uh, he's not going to immediately have or be able to have Jason dragged off and killed. You know, Jason's been tutored pretty well, and he's a pretty impressive dude. So. 
and also the son of the recently deposed king, it's not a bad idea, not a bad plan to go and, and choose this occasion to be the, the time where you're like, yep, all right, Peleus, I'm actually the son of Aeson, the uh, the king of uh, the rightful king. king. Yep. Hi. Now's the time to do it. So Jason says farewell to Chiron, the bloke who's mostly human with a bit of horse on his back, um, <laughs> and sets out on his way to Iolcus to claim his birthright. Oh, I'm going on an adventure! As you, as you want to do. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's a good time to, uh, you know, have an ad break if there are ads. If there's not ads, just have a break. <laughs> to recap, that's all to recap. Peleus, he's been a naughty boy, the king of Iolcus. He's uh, usurped his brother Aeson's throne and taken the, taken it for his own, imprisoning, exiling, or killing most of his family uh, so they can't threaten his crown. Uh, that is all except for Aeson's wife, uh, the wife of many names. Polymenia. Polymenia. Oh, very close. Oh. Uh, you were good. You were good. Uh, 30%. 30%. Uh, who <laughs> has made safe her infant son's escape? Uh, the boy is uh, is is grown or grows. His name is Jason, and he's sent off to the mountains to be tutored by Chiron, the super wise centaur who has dude legs as well. Uh, after hanging out with Chiron <laughs> and reaching manhood, Jason decides that it's time to head back to Iolcus to claim the throne, wrongfully taken from his father Aeson. So off he trots to the city of Iolcus. So that's, you know, we're pretty, it's a pretty decent start to the story in terms of Jason and what he, what he plans to do. It's like, I've been wronged. I'm going to go and write it and, and give Peleus a bit of, bit of my mind. So here's where it gets a little bit interesting because on his way to, uh, to Iolcus, he has to cross the river Anorus and he finds an old woman at the shore and he's a good kid. And uh, he helps her cross the uh, cross the river. So think like helping an old lady cross the road. He's a he's, he's a he's a good boy. You'll get yours, Sunny. <laughs> oh, you're a good boy. Thank you so much for crossing this very very deep river with me. How long was she sitting there? <laughs> like, well, I suppose so. Just waiting. If you're old enough, you can't cross a river. Don't try to cross a river. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'll just wait. Don't worry about me. <laughs> yeah, a bit like that Futurama episode with Seymour. Futurama throwback. Yep, exactly. But it's like one of those things, like it's a good way to earn for, for, for Jason to get some brownie points. Uh, no but unfortunately, the current of the river is too strong and Jason no. ends up losing one of his sandals in the stream. Oh, dear. So, yeah. Watch no. out, everybody. The old lady thanks Jason for his help and blesses him before she chuffs off to do old lady stuff. Oh, old lady blessing for you, Sonny. Which is what she would have done and had yes. have done had she not been the goddess Hera in disguise. Oh! That's right. You remember how pissed off Hera was at King Peleus for not offering to her at the altar, but also probably killing his whole family or most of his family. Well, yes. she recognizes Jason as being a pretty good dude, but also that he's going to be the one to bring about Peleus 
his downfall. Downfall, yes. Yes, so she doesn't reveal herself to Jason, though. She just gives him a little goddess blessing. Oh, it's actually a hair blessing for you now. I just, oh, you're a good boy. Have some goddess blessings. And... Ooh. Let's him continue. Thanks very much. Uh, yes, exactly. He's like, oh, but for him, he's just like some old lady just said thanks to me. That's fine. Uh, but sure. he, so he chuffs off on his one sandal journey to Iolcus. Yep. And so once at the city of Iolcus, it doesn't take long before Jason is met by some of Peleus's guards. You see, over the, what, we'll say 15, 16, maybe 17 years, uh, Peleus has been getting pretty paranoid uh, ever since he- hearing, you know, the one sandal prophecy. No doubt. He's got all his soldiers to keep an eye out for uh, anybody, any bloke wearing one sandal. He's also, the, the population has been cut to a quarter. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> among other things. It's, uh, yeah, he's, got, he's gone a bit over overboard, Peleus. Can new laws <laughs> come into effect? <laughs> no. Everyone must wear two sandals at all times. All the time. Peleus is like, don't yeah. make me give you a sandal, mate. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever, Peleus. All footwear this <laughs> yeah. day forward must be in twos. Never shall there be a single piece of footwear. You will not be allowed to wear it and you will be killed. Thanks very much. <laughs> My word, Peleus. It's a pretty rough <laughs> law. But nonetheless, necessary, no doubt. Yeah, sometimes they're necessary. You're a strange man, Peleus. Strange man. But uh, yeah. the soldiers go to Jason. They go, mate, you're coming with us to see the king. And Jason's like, oh, great. I'm actually headed that way anyway. So that's brilliant. Ooh, that's exactly what I want to see. Not with that one foot, though. Jason is brought to an audience with Peleus with a ton of people in attendance. So it's like, think like you're going to the king's court. Yes, yes. Loads yes. of people there. You remember there's games, there's sacrifices, there's a lot of people around. No doubt shrouding his one his one sandal. Exactly. And Peleus is like, aha! Ah, what's up, you one sandal prick? He looks at everybody else and he's like, see, see, you all thought I was crazy to have all those soldiers <laughs> keeping an eye out for one dude with one shoe. But fuck, look at it. <laughs> have a look here. Here he is. They said I was mad. They said I was <laughs> mad when I did that. <laughs> but I showed them. Who's mad now? <laughs> <laughs> Not Pelias, no. he's right, he's correct. Now, now kill him and take his foot. <laughs> and Pelias turns to Jason and he goes, Tell me, lad, uh, if there was a prophecy that one of your citizens was destined to bring about your downfall, what would you do with them? And Jason goes to one knee. So he, go, he kneels before Pelias. And a few accounts actually have Jason speaking with Hera's, not Hera's voice voice, but Hera speaking through Jason. Yes. Because she's not happy with Peleus. But she goes, I would send him to the distant lands of Colchis, which is like modern day Georgia, or mostly Georgia, but also parts of Russia as well, I believe. But it's on like the Black Sea. So he goes, I would send them to the distant land of Colchis and charge them to recover the legendary golden fleece. And return it here. Ah. And by the way, my name's Jason as well. And Jason goes on to tell Peleus all about how he's the son of Aeson and all that jazz. He's the rightful king and all that that, that business. All right. Just, just in, his, in his ear. Yeah. All, all, right, all right there. It's like me telling a story. It's like, hey, uh, what's the answer to this? I'll tell you the answer, but I'll also tell you a lot of other things as well. <laughs> Peleus is like, oh, shit. Patrick likes to talk. But I will take uh, a little bit of time just to talk about this golden fleece and exactly what's going on with that. So All it's right. a very iconic object. Object. I mean, when you think of the golden fleece, you're like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. It's the fleece of a golden ram 
who helped rescue some kids from their uh, jealous stepmom who wanted to murder them. Uh, this Love is a, a massive story in itself. Uh, but the children, Hella and Frixus, uh, do some stuff in this tale uh, as the Golden Ram is flying them across the Aegean Sea towards the safety of distant Colchis. Hella falls off and uh, drowns in a patch of water, which is thereafter known as the Hellespont. Explanation of the world! And Frixus has a better grip uh, than, uh, than, than Hella did, and he makes his way all the way on the back of the ram to uh, across the sea, the Black Sea, to Colchis, where he promptly sacrifices the ram uh, who bore him all the way there and settles down mm. in the house of a fella named Aetes. Uh, right. But we'll get to that. Uh, and he hung. He, he after killing the the ram who helped him get to safety. Uh, he hangs the fleece of this golden ram over an oak tree, where it is defended by bulls who breathe fire and a dragon who never sleeps. So, it's pretty safe. No doubt. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty special thing. But uh, think like the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant, but without the religious connotations it's more like a spirit like very iconic and important artifact or, or you know object more the fact that there was a uh, it's a, a, an object of divine origin because the golden ram is is, is is created by i think it's poseidon uh correct me if i'm wrong in the comments guys that's very religious unto itself though sir yeah but like uh it's more spiritual than uh than than okay, anything then. else very iconic and important to the greek world everyone knew what it was and primarily seen as a symbol of kingship. Right. You remember, uh, listeners, episode three with Thyestes and Atreus and the Golden Lamb? Give it a listen if you can. It's that sort of same thing where it sig- it, it signifies kingship. So the fleece is a big deal and thought to be impossible to recover on account of the sleepless dragon and the fireballs and shit. You know, it's a pretty big deal. Jason saying, "Oh, if somebody told me that one of my one of my peeps was going to kill me, I'd probably send him to go and get that because you know that you know it's a pretty big ask." Mm-hmm. So anyway, hearing Jason's hypothetical response uh, and his and his also his claim to kingship, uh, Peleus is like, "Ho ho, yeah, mate, you're pretty fucked now. Uh, I don't even deny uh, that I've nicked the throne off your dad, my brother, <laughs> and uh, thus you." Uh, I was going to have you simply dragged off and killed, but, uh, mate, there's a bunch of people here for games and sacrifices and shit, so I can't really do that, but uh, you just gave me an answer to my little dilemma and dug your own grave, you burk. <laughs> I charge you to travel to distant Colchis where Aetes reigns as king, grab that little golden fleece that we know about and bring it back. Yes. Then you can have your own rightful throne. I... I- must be a ton of people there going, oh, this just got really interesting. <laughs> I thought we were here for discus and javelin and throwing sacrifices, but, but shit's going down. We got a quest. <laughs> a challenge for the drone. A guy with one sandal. It's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> now, you'd think that Jason would be like, uh, how about you and I just duke it out right now and I'll take the crone off of your dead usurping ass, mate. Uh, but you got to remember that uh, Jason's a pretty cool dude. Uh, he's pretty wise. He's, he's a bit of a hero. And whether or not it's Hera blessing or some of Chiron's smarts, you know, the fleece being a single, a, a symbol mm. of kingship and all that, uh, Jason agrees to Peleus's bargain. Uh, but Peleus, he's, he thinks he's, it's a slam dunk for him. Sort it out. I'm going to get rid of this one sandal fella. Keep his keep his shoe. I'm setting away the one remaining internal threat to my crown on an impossible mission that's surely to end in his death. Ah! I am yes. awesome. Peleas, 
Apelius. Apelius. Let's all put our hands in the middle. One, two, three. <laughs> and so Jason, he's set to sail to distant, uh, to the distant um, uh, realm of Colchis. Set sail for Colchis. So he heads down to the dock and acquires a ship. Uh, but not just any ship, because Jason procures the legendary ship Argo. Argo. Built with the guidance of the goddess Athena herself, and generally considered to be a pretty amazing boat. Athena being the patron goddess of Athens, traditionally, uh, which Athens itself was all, you know, for, for a lot of time in antiquity, a- Athens was seen as being uh, a quite a, a mighty sea power. A lot of maritime wealth coming from there. So she's also the goddess of wisdom. So, you know, you've got somebody who, you know, not a bad person to teach you how to build a boat. So Argo is a pretty awesome ship. And Apollodorus writes that Athena guided a bloke named Argus. Uh, not the hundred-eyed bloke that uh, we know from the story of Io. I've got lots and lots of eyes. Ah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, just, <laughs> just Argus. Uh, she she guides Athena. That is, she guides Argus uh, how to build this ship with fifty oars. But Argus names the ship after himself. Right. You think like, what do you reckon Athena thought of that? Like, you're taking taking a bit of the credit there, Argus. I think so. I will. I, like, I, I've done all this. Maybe call it the Athena boat. That's Argus being a bit of a. He's like, well, clearly I made it. This is my ship. Uh, Athena's <laughs> like, I'm a fuck you up, mate. You know, <laughs> change that name. <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> uh, but no, she's she's she seems to be pretty cool with it. Um, she is happy for the ship to be called Argo. All right. It seems that everyone else is pretty cool with uh, Jason taking this boat, and they're all like, "Of course you can have this ship, mate. You're going on an impossible mission, not likely to return. Please take this prized vessel with you." And you're like, "All right." And Jason, he's pretty chuffed about this, but now he's got a little bit of a problem. Like he's got, he's now got, he's got no 50, army. He's got a fifty-oared ship and no one to sail it. Aye. aye. So it's time to assemble a crew. Aye. And what the crew would be called? Nauticals. The Argonauts. <laughs> so close. So close. <laughs> but so far. The Argonauts, which roughly translates to be sa- to be like sailors of Argo. So yes. it's basically like I'm, I'm the person on the Argonauts. On the yes. Argo. And uh, much like the crew that uh, that went, you know, after the Caledonian boar, check out episode six of the same title for that one, guys. This crew is a pretty impressive bunch. So they're no mugs. Uh, there's many of them, which I won't name for now because we'll be here all day. Uh, but I make the mention of such heroes as Heracles, Heracles. or Hercules, um, yeah. Theseus, Theseus. The hero of Athens, the Dioscuri, the Egg Twins, Castor and Polyduces. And I will mention characters as they arise in the story because there's a lot of dudes that rock up and do stuff. But there's also the mention of the famous huntress Atalanta. Oh, what's up, bitches? We remember her exploits from the Caledonian boar hunt. And she's back. Uh, now, with various accounts over different time periods, certain characters are omitted and inserted depending on who's relevant at the time. Yes. So when it comes to Atalanta, Apollonius of Rhodes, who wrote the Argonautica, uh, yes. his account has Jason being like, nah, Atalanta, you can't come on us for a sailing, mission, a sailing boat time because 
not because you're not a boss fighter, because we know that she is. It's more so because you're a lady, and having a lady on the boat is bad luck and might cause some some strife. So you can't come with us today. But later writers, uh, being like Apollodorus, Diodorus Siculus, have her coming along and taking part in the adventure and having a great time. So accounts differ for this narrative. Um, so, But Atalanta better pack her bags, because she's coming along. Yay! <laughs> And bring some, bring some of that favour of the goddess Artemis with you. Join the Argonauts. Have a good time. So Atalanta's yeah, on get, board. Grab an oar. Pull up an oar, will you? We'll need you. That's what she's <laughs> got to do as well. Everyone's got to be pulling yeah. the oar. Uh, except right. for the, the big question, though. Who will be at the helm of this legendary vessel? I'll tell you right now. The Argo will be steered by the legendary hels- helmsman Typhus. And mm. he, the big thing about Typhus, he's like, fuck compasses and shit. I'm going to use the stars alone to navigate my way. Named after the typhoons of the well, era. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you think that people are like, are you sure, mate? Are you sure you want to just like go by the stars? Like compasses are pretty handy. Do you want that? He's like, nah, I'm going by the stars. No, nope. I'm Typhus, you see. He's a pretty legendary uh, helmsman. So he's an awesome. No it's, like having, it's like having, uh, having a, pff, Michael Schumacher be your driver. Like, oh yeah, okay, right. Just you, you just probably trust where it's going to go, I guess. You know, except, except Michael Schumacher. It didn't really work out too well for Michael Schumacher. No, yeah. no, probably a bad example. I don't know any other drivers right now. Oh, mind you, no. But look, you know, it, 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 flawless behind the wheel, just not not too sh- shabby on you know with with the, with the skis. Just didn't catch up. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah a shame. that's just unfortunate. You know, like, but you know, and uh, I do, we do hope that Michael Schumacher's family are okay because I'm not sure what's going on there. The, the world went quiet, really. I don't know either. Yeah, it did. Oh, what a turn. But, um, but, uh, but nonetheless, yeah. Yeah, trust him with a wheel, absolutely. Just don't trust yep. him, you know, if, if you're on a ski trip. Yeah. God. God. The trees had it out for him that trip. <laughs> That's not very nice, Pat. Anyway, I, I use the stars to navigate. I'm all good. So you think the crew's assembled. You've got a pretty big bunch of heroes. You've got an awesome ship. You've got a legendary helmsman. Uh, at what point does King Peleus be like, nah, 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 nah. What's this shit you're pulling, Jason? Like, you're, you can't like, be recruiting all yeah, these heroes, you, mate. You've got a ship designed by a goddess, a crew with fucking Heracles and a bunch of other <laughs> heroes and demigods. Uh, you've stacked you've stacked your deck pretty well, mate. Like, at what point does this stop from being Jason's quest to fucking everybody's quest? You're going overboard, mate. Like, this, is, this is stupid. Quite literally going overboard. This isn't fair at all. But, you know, if, if, if Peleus harbours any thoughts like that, uh, we don't get to hear about them. Uh, so he must be like, does it matter to me, mate? It's impossible as fuck for you to for you to get this done. So like, whatever. You can have all the heroes you like. Exactly. Have as many as you want. They're all gonna die. Like I'm Peleus. Mm. I I know what's going on. So you're gonna kick back right. Peleus style and just chill. Aye, aye. Yeah. And he's probably sticking to his one sandal policy as well. It's like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just to be certain. Yeah. But uh, very unusual. Oh, I don't like you, Ethel. Have a shoe. <laughs> Season. Ow, no. <laughs> I thought we were. I thought we're done with this. Um, no, Ethel, we're yeah. not. <laughs> it's ne- We'll never be done with it. No, I am Peleus, you see. Now all the boys and gal are, are assembled. There, but remains one more question: Who is mm. to lead this merry band? And I'll use this uh, time just to have a quote from a speech from the Argonautica. So this is the one by Apollonius of Rhodes. He goes. All the equipment that a ship needs for all is in due order. Lies ready for our departure. Therefore, we will make no long delay in our sailing for these things' sake. When the breezes but blow fair. 
But friends, for common to all is our return to Hellas, as in Greece, hereafter. And mm-hmm. common to all is our path to the land of Aetes. But now, therefore, with ungrudging heart, choose the bravest to be our leader. Who shall be careful for everything to take upon him our quarrels and covenants with strangers? And all eyes fall to the mighty Heracles. Heracles! Because he's Ooh. the shit. He's the mightiest of men. Of men. Mighty man. He's the son of Zeus. Son of a god. And the greatest among the Greeks. And everyone's like, of course it should be Heracles. Her- so Heracles as opposed to Hercules? Or well, Her- Hercules is the Roman. It's Latin. Name for it. But Heracles is the, oh, is yeah, the original right. Greek. Yeah. So he- I, I okay. use Heracles, but... Uh, yeah, you can say Hercules. I like Heracles better. Heracles it is then. Uh, so everyone's like, of course it should be Heracles who leads us. He's the bomb. He's the greatest of the Greeks. Let's do it. Why can't, why can't Jason lead? He's, he's assembled everybody. Heracles is the, the hero. He's like, okay, right. he's like the superstar. But Heracles is like, nah, everyone. I'm good just being a passenger on this funky adventure. Uh, let right. the man who brought us all together be the one to oh. lead this host. And uh, Jason is elected to lead this voyage on the legendary ship Argo. Argo. The quest mm. is tasked, the transport acquired, the crew of the legendary members of uh, assembled, and their leader has been chosen. Brilliant. What happens next? You'll have to find out in part two of our retelling of Jason and the Argonauts. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Left a nice cliffhanger there, sir. Oh, they're there all they're is. all packed they're all packed and ready. The bags are on the on the ships, you know. And uh Hercules is among them. Among oh sorry, Heracles. I'll get that right someday. Hey, you got that. And, oh, it's, uh, it, it, they're both right. Yes, yes, yes. And uh the Argonauts and their and their aggro is all hell because they just wanna they just wanna get there and steal this golden fleece, you know, from some dragon and get back there and just really get rid of that one shoe policy, you know, which is really sort of put everyone in, in, a, in bad spirits. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. We could say got him on the, on the back foot. <laughs> <laughs> God. No, <laughs> yes. So that's uh that's, that's, that's a step off, mate. We're, uh, we're poised, ready for, uh, ready for this legendary uh, quest to happen. Ooh, brilliant. All right. All right. So good times. What do you uh, what do you what do you think so far, mate? So uh, look, I'm very excited. You know, like I I I want to know more. I, d- I never knew that. I knew I've only heard ever so little. You know, bits and bobs about the Argonauts, but uh, now I I feel like I'm I'm on the cusp of learning the entire story. Oh, mate, it's it's going to be a thrilling tale as well. Like pretty much where we're at at the moment is like pretty standard in terms of like your heroes' tales and all that. Episode or part two of this uh, story is gonna take off. Uh, yep, so that's that's it. That's the end of the story or the end of this part of the uh, of the story, the episode. Uh, so make sure to like this episode, follow us on a little history podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. Uh, do it, do it. It'll be so much fun, and I do I do love it. It really does help help us as well. Uh, but Nick, um, please before we go, uh, just a little plug. You and your your lovely band, the Filthy Darlings. Thank you, sir. Yes, the Filthy Darlings. Wheaties, the Breakfast of Champions. Um, the Filthy Darlings are your band. They're not my band. They're your band. The music for the people, written by the people, performed by the people. I don't even play them anymore. About the people. It's 
about the people. For all your darling needs, when you're filthy or otherwise, please remember to dust your sweethearts and to uh, and to apply the filthy darlings liberally to your ears, and you shall enjoy a nice garlic breakfast. Wonderful. Now you got you guys. Uh, you got a website. Uh, how can people get in touch? They can. Uh, they can. They can do anything they like. If they if they see me on the street, they can yell at me. If they um, see me at the shopping mall, they can come up and ask what I'm buying. And if you want to go on to the internet, you can uh, find us at thefilthydarlings.com, I believe. Or you can find us on uh, old YouTube. There's some good There's some good clips there. And there's also some good Facebooks as well and an Instagram. All of your requirements are there for your social media desires. Let it be filled up with a little history podcast, The Filthy Darlings, and a little bit of tea with me, Nick Lee. It's a cornucopia of stuff there, guys. <laughs> it really is. Good times for all. really is. But yes, uh, we will leave it there for now. Thank you uh, thank you for joining, Nick. It's great to have you back on. I, uh, I, I am glad to be back, sir. It's lovely to be talking to your, to your fine ears again. Brilliant, brilliant. But we'll have you back for, uh, for part two, and we'll get this uh, story rocking and rolling. All right, then. So be it. You be well, and, and be well, everybody else. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, last, your final reminder to like. Uh, like the episode. Follow us where you're listening. Give us a like. Leave us a comment. See what's going on. Let me know what's going on. Uh, get us on the Gmail as well. And yes, for now, uh, that is it. You guys, as I said, be well and enjoy. And we'll see you later. Later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to A Little History. Uh, we're an independent podcast, so it would truly be wonderful if you could uh, like or follow us wherever you're hearing A Little History today. Uh, and feel free to leave a comment below as well. Now, if you want to get in touch, uh, have any suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to send in your love, send it to a little history podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under A Little History Podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.